All right, well, let me just start off by saying that I know it's been a long time. I know it's been a long time since I've done this. I know it's been a lot of me online talking about how new content would be coming, new content would be coming. And <laughs> as of this point, it's been a slow burn. You know, for people that have been following my content on TikTok and other sources, you know that uh, I've been working really, really hard to build that platform, you know. And there's been a lot of demand recently, people asking me to put out more content, put out stuff on YouTube, put out podcasts, etc. And in May, I was really, when I started with TikTok, I was really dedicated to the idea of podcasting as well. But I figured it was smart to, you know, build one and then see what happens, right? See if the voice and perspective that I have is something that is, you know, wanted, I guess, I guess in, the, in the grand scheme of things. So here's what we've done is... My TikTok account's built up pretty good. Like, I'm over 30K, which I'm super proud of. And a lot of people during my lives and other things have now said, hey, let's get back to this. So I said, fine, let's do it. I need to find my mic still. My mic and my camera, um, they're at my ex-wife's house. We just went through a move recently, so I don't have everything I need. But So I'm doing this on headphones. Hopefully, the audio is fine. If not, the audio will be better next time. I actually have a producer that's going to start producing some of my content for me um, and mixing it appropriately. There's going to be a lot of different things going on. So I'm going to try to put out at least one full-length episode per week. I'm aiming to have it about an hour long, you know, depending on the, the grade of conversation. I have a bunch of people that have asked to be a part of this uh, for interviews and appearances and other things. So I'm thinking that there's going to be a multi-part, you know, kind of element to this where there's going to be an audio format. I'm on all audio um, sites like Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of stuff. But there's also be a video element. So I'm going to do some <clears throat> screen records of Zoom calls, some YouTube content, etc. So we're going to try to saturate a lot of media here because this is what I want to do. You know, so why not uh, pursue it? Anybody that's heard my content knows that, yeah, I'm very politically geared. I'm, you know, educated in history and religion and a whole bunch of other stuff. But it's not going to be limited to that. I want it to be just like my lives are, where it's kind of whatever the perspective that I'm feeling that day is. Whatever, you know, the news story, whatever the item is that, that I feel like talking about. Whatever's kind of important. And beyond that, what the guest that I have coming on wants to speak on. Because there's going to be a lot of variety in terms of who those people are and what their background is. So, bear with me. Some of the days are going to be for you, some of them might not be, but you know, the uh, the tone of the content will always be the same, which is, you know, we want to give people the opportunity to be educated and informed and maybe in a different way um than you normally would be through media source. Uh, I have an odd way of articulating my thoughts and uh, hopefully it speaks to some people. Today though, as a whole, I I really don't know what to talk about because the last time I did this was on my birthday which is the end of May. So the last time I talked on a podcast was end of fucking May. So obviously a lot's happened in the world, but I think obviously the most topical thing that we can talk about is obviously the storming of the Capitol. You know, politics is usually why people listen to my content, usually why people kind of, you know, come towards my voice on these things. So it only makes sense that that's where we start. So let's start from the most recent and work back. If you are a person, I don't care what your religion or your uh, political affiliation is. It does not matter. 
If you are a person who genuinely believes that there is any level of similarity between a treasonous, seditious raid on the Capitol, where, you know, we can call them whatever we want, but we know they're Trump supporters. Trump supporters literally raiding the Capitol with assistance from police, trying to take Mike Pence captive so they could hang him gallows in the Capitol, trying to harm other members of Congress. If you genuinely believe there's anything similar between that and a BLM rally, you're clearly too stupid to be here. Let's just be real about it. You're clearly too hateful to admit when your side is done anything wrong, and you clearly lack critical thinking. There is no similarity between that act of treason, that attempted coup d'etat, which is exactly what it was, and a peaceful protest that 7% of the time, with assistance from agitators and police force, let's just be real, um, turned violent to some degree. Ashley Babbitt is not a fucking hero. Ashley Babbitt is a terrorist, a domestic terrorist, nothing else. She knew why she was going to the Capitol. She put it on Facebook. She put it on social media the day before, and she was proud of her involvement in what was going on. She was not a patriot. I don't care if she had military service. That is not the work of patriotism. And here's the other thing. If you're a person who thinks that patriotism or nationalism is a solid, upstanding belief, you're wrong. Most countries in the world look down on it. Here's the reality. The most patriotic thing you can do as a citizen of a nation, a citizen of a nation that you did nothing to be a part of, you know, the most patriotic thing you can do is be critical of it and hope that your government is as critical of what they're doing as you are. You should hope that the nation that you're a part of wants to be as thriving and supportive and progressive as it could possibly be. You know, you don't want to be the nation that believes that magic outweighs science. And that's not to, that's not a shot at religious people. That's that's a shot at religious people who don't understand that the word of God doesn't cure everything. I'm an atheist. I speak on this a lot. But sometimes it just gets overwhelming, the misrepresentation of religion in North America. The belief that Christianity is all-knowing, all-healing, you know, with their images of Caesar Borgia representing Jesus Christ, you know, in a community theater photo. Um, it's, it's embarrassing, and it's hurtful, and it's harmful. And the right now, the most extreme thing that's happening in any nation is what's happening in the U.S. You know, people with 70 IQs storming the Capitol to try to fight against a fair election that they lost because their cult leader won't acknowledge that every time he's faced hardship in his life, it wasn't his failure. It wasn't his inability to get a job done. It was the system being rigged against him. A rich white male, educated white male, who came from money, beginnings with no struggle, trying to point to an oppressive system that has held him down while not acknowledging that other people might have experienced greater forms of oppression. I would put to you that very few people in the history of the United States have faced less oppression than Donald Trump and his family. I would put to you that Donald Trump is one of the most hateful, 
anti-Christian men in this nation, in terms of representative politics at least. They view him as some sort of messiah, and it confuses me. I don't, I don't understand the uh, the tone or the behavior of the Trump supporters. What has he done? What has he done to stand up for the beliefs of right wing America? Sure, has he has he stacked the courts with judges who probably aren't qualified to do their job? Yeah, yeah, he definitely has. You know, has he stacked the courts even more with more judges <laughs> that uh, aren't qualified to do that job? Yeah, yeah. And yet again, did he stack more courts with more judges uh, who are not qualified to do those jobs with hateful backgrounds? Yes, he did. But beyond that, what did he do? He gave tax breaks to the rich. He gave temporary tax breaks to certain members of the middle class which are dissolving in the next one to five years. He talked a lot about pro, pro-life and pro-choice. But did he ever put anything into signing? Did he ever actually commit to anything other than words? He talks about church and state. Did he do anything to support it? He talks about how much he loves the uneducated. And it shows with 40% of his base representing that group. If you are a person who supports him, and I've been asking this question for years and months on the internet. Um, If you're a person that supports him, please explain to me why. Because words don't equal actions. And so far, words is all he's done to support his base. Like, do these poor, southern, uneducated white people genuinely believe (laughs) that Donald Trump, a rich real estate mogul from the North, gives one single solitary fuck about their needs? Like, how deluded can a person be? I don't pretend to think that anybody with his level of standing, cares one fuck about who I am. But these people genuinely believe that he speaks for them. And it's because he's the warm blanket for hate that they've been hoping for. You know, even George W. Bush spoke out in June or July. I'd have to check the exact date. He wrote a letter validating BLM, saying that the levels of systemic racism in the United States are palpable tangible, you know, and it needs to change. The fabric of America is being stripped away by systemic racism. George W. Bush, who until 2008 would have been remembered as one of the most bigoted, hateful, Islamophobic, you know, tyrannical leaders in American history, spoke out against systemic racism because it had been that bad under the Trump administration. George W. Bush spoke out against systemic racism because how much worse it's gotten in the last 12 years. But American people want to pretend that it's not real. And Canadians are just as bad. I I live in Canada. I live in a small town outside Toronto. But I've lived all over the world. I've spent time in a lot of places. And uh, for Canadians out there that are listening and going, well, we don't have those issues here. Let me assure you of this. The issues that we have in Canada, although 
not maybe as rallied and vigorous as what's going on in the United States are present. The racism in this country towards our Aboriginal people, towards the black community, and towards all different sects of quote-unquote brown people that are just mashed together by common white vernacular in this country are looked down upon and mocked. In the city of Toronto, you're 14 times more likely to be shot by a police officer if you're a black male, making it the worst divide of any city in North America. Immigrants are looked down on. Representative politics is getting more conservative. Kenny O'Toole just supporting those quote-unquote traditional values, which is just an easy way of saying you're a racist without after saying the words. You know, and the voting youth of Canada in some places is becoming far more moderate and less progressive. The only difference between Canada and the United States in terms of these issues is that American media tells the story. American media will tell you the story of why America is going down a bad path. Newsmax won't. And if they do, they'll point out the evil, tyrannical left, which is one of the most laughable statements I've ever heard. As somebody that spent most of their life representing themselves as a libertarian, I can tell you this much. The left may once in a while be silly. We might like to overspend on social service. We might not always have the best financial acuity. But <laughs> extreme and tyrannical, I would not agree with. Um, the idea of wanting to place oneself above one's nation um, that's not tyrannical. That's logical. You did nothing to be here. The most, the people that work the hardest to be a part of one of these countries that we are so patriotic about are the people that have given up their lives to come move here. You know, immigration is the most patriotic form of nationalism you can find. People wanting to change their lives and coming to a place that has been represented as a place where dreams can come true. And then they come here and they're hated. And for what? Because they pray to somebody else or look different than somebody else? And we view that as a form of our superiority? You know, the fact that doctors come from other nations and have to come to work here and work at a corner store or work at a gas station or drive a cab or whatever the cliche you want to use is. It's sad. People change their lives to pursue the Canadian or American dream to come here and find out that in a lot of cases it's fictitious. In a lot of cases they're going to be treated horrifically while they're here trying to make their lives better. And their children who are natural Americans and natural Canadians will still be looked down on slightly or fetishized instead of being accepted. But we just view that as run-of-the-mill behavior. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why that after so many years... Science come so far, and medicines come so far, and the world has changed so much, you know. But we still like to judge people based off of skin color, or who they fuck, or who they pray to, or how they identify themselves. And it's confusing to me on so many levels, right? It's confusing because, like, when I see the world, I don't see if a man wants to be with a man or if a person has darker skin or um, if somebody, you know, who was born a male wants to be represented as a female, I don't understand why that is something that offends anybody. I don't see why that's something that 
is a point of frustration for anybody other than the mis- people misquoting Bibles, I suppose. People creating terror and fear and outrage in the happiness of others is emblematic of today's society. You know, people in the LGBTQ plus community trying to be happy. People in the black community trying to fight for equality and happiness and the right to lead a life that is, you know, just content, equal, fair, loved, you know, is looked down on and roadblocked. And why? Well, it's ignorance, right? It's the only way to view it. It's all it is, plain and simple. It's just straight ignorance. There's no other there's no other terms, there's no other conditions. It's if you hate somebody because they're different than you and that person is being kind and happy and true to themselves, well the problem's not in that person. <laughs> the problem is one hundred percent not in the person who is being happy and kind. So my question is is why do Christian or traditional values so commonly bridge the line of hatred and acceptance? Right? And this is the issue. You know, I, I've studied theology. I've studied theology at great length. And I've read the Bible several times. I grew up in a Roman Catholic, Irish Catholic family. You know, I went to Sunday school. I went to Catholic school. You know, I went to church on Sundays and shit sometimes on Wednesdays. I listen to Mass, I listen to, you know, my priests and people in my church and people in my community tell me all sorts of stuff, and for the most part, the messages were loving. Most of the time, the messages were just, but every once in a while, you'd see a crack in the foundation. You know, you'd see the illogical slip through. And I remember I was learning about geography, and I guess now looking back on a little bit of anthropology, in school, I was probably in like grade six, and uh, we were learning about the Middle East. I was looking at all these pictures, all these pictures of people from the Middle East. And I looked above, and there was a picture of Jesus, like most of you probably had in your Catholic school classrooms. There's the you know picture of Caesar Borgia representing Jesus that we all know and love so much. I was looking at, and another kid said, "Well." Isn't that where Jesus is from? And I remember I popped my hand up. I said, no, sir. Jesus can't be from there because he has the same skin color as me. And my teacher kind of gave a chuckle. My teacher wasn't the most, uh, his name was Greg Bulger. He was a really, really good teacher. And uh, he popped his hand up. Or, sorry, he, he popped his head up and said, uh, why, why can't he be from there? And I said, well, you know, all the people from there have different skin than I have. And I, I didn't have any bias against that. I just knew that Jesus was white, you know. And he laughed and he goes, well, we view Jesus as a white man, but other cultures don't. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I did not think that Jesus from the Middle East. I didn't think that Jesus was from that area of the world because I always had this representation of Jesus being a white man. You know, I can identify with Jesus through my skin color. And then when you realize that not only has he been misrepresented, 
but he's been intentionally misrepresented to what empower more white privilege and white thought and this is the belief system that we're pushing forward is that if you're white you're holy and you're godly you're close to god and if you're something else there's words for you and we hold you down and we prevent you from having the same style of beliefs or having the same style of life we don't reflect back on past atrocities because we weren't a part of them it was just it was some people that we didn't know that shared the last names but here's the reality the people that wrote these laws that we exist in today the people that set up our society that we exist in today the people that raised the people that raised the people that raised the people that raised us were members of that class of people who established all the societal norms you know so yeah slavery ended you know residential schools ended concentration camps ended but did they or did we just change the viewpoint of them you know slavery ends united states the same year the police service starts ironic right redlining gerrymandering interest rates on home purchases in red line areas um, we, we can go on and on segregation removal of libraries from traditionally minority areas uh, busing systems instead of having schools nearby removal of educational property from black neighborhoods this, this kind of stuff literally was happening in less than one person ago and in some places it's still happening in a lot of ways it's always been happening but we pretend we're not a part of the problem because we didn't set up the rules we just live in it and i hear a lot of white people say well my life hasn't been easy well you know what richard nobody nobody said your life was easy the idea of privilege is that despite the fact that your life hasn't been easy the color of your skin did not make your life harder and that's what privilege is and if you face somebody that has a hard time acknowledging that privilege exists know that it comes from a place of fear and ignorance just because you didn't set up the systems that we live in doesn't mean that people that look like you didn't and the advantage of having people that look like me set up this society and the rules around the society and that constitution that people hold so near and dear is that it affords me certain privilege just due to cultural bias that exists in every form of history. It affords me certain privilege that other communities don't have. I am a white, straight, cisgendered male with high education. I come from money. And I'm Canadian. <laughs> um, I've experienced every level of privilege that you can possibly fucking experience. If I can acknowledge it, I don't know why other people can't. Again, my life hasn't been easy. I struggle with mental illness. I've struggled with eating disorders. I've, you know, I've broken my neck. I've lost my job due to intolerance. You know, my life hasn't been easy either. I'm a single dad. I'd never say my life was easy. But the one thing I know for sure is that my skin color didn't make it harder. I've never been oppressed. Not at any sort of substantial level. 
And I know that the systems in place have never singled me out as a common theme of problem. I know that when I go to a bank, I'm going to have the same opportunity as most people. And I know that my ancestors, my parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, they had opportunities afforded to them for land ownership that other people did not have. And as we know, land ownership is the easiest way to acquire wealth in this society. So if people in the black community weren't allowed to acquire that form of wealth and weren't allowed allowed to easily access public education, libraries, tools of information, their communities were overpoliced. Their people were charged with victimless crimes at a rate hundreds of percent higher than white communities. The war on drugs, etc., etc., etc. Over and over and over, governmental systems have stacked levels of oppression to make people believe that they were less than. And they've stacked levels of oppression to make sure that certain groups of people who happen to look like me have the ability to start out with one foot ahead in life. And again, just because you start out with a foot ahead doesn't mean your life's been easy. Doesn't mean that you're going to excel. You know, look at a lot of Trump supporters. You know, 38% are dumb and under the poverty line. They took their white privilege and they pissed all over it, you know. But that's an educational issue. Um, All it means is that what you look like didn't make it harder. And if you want to argue against that, you can, but you just sound like a dumb fuck. You know, that's the reality. I will never understand how one person can look at another person and think they're superior to them because of the way that they look, the way that they identify, the clothes that they wear, the people that they choose to fuck, or the people that they choose to pray to. Life is simple. You know, on the grand scale, you know, the universe is massive, infinite. That could be infinite, infinite universes. You know what I mean? If you don't know what the concept of infinite is, please look it up because it's fascinating. The universe is infinite. We are very small. Your failures as a person, your successes as a person, you know, that's a large majority. You're never going to affect anything in our world or the universe on a grand scale which kind of gives you the pass kind of gives you the opportunity to fuck up and still be happy you know that's the way I've looked at in in, in my path to recovery you know my path through post-traumatic stress and other things I've realized that my failures are small my victories are small so I really only have one real goal or way to affect the world right and that's through who I am can I cause small ripples of positivity and love and kindness through small regions that pass on to other people and they pass on those same messages and blah 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 it's like a form of positive indoctrination I suppose but that's how you affect change People are like, oh, you know, what are these protests doing? What are these rallies doing? You know, what are you, you know, your TikTok page or whatever was it doing? And my response is usually not a whole lot on my scale, but that ripple out effect, 
that rippling of positivity that goes through and younger people see it and some people that are older change their mind and maybe a different way of articulation can open your eyes to a different way of thinking but this ripple out effect that happens when enough people voice a similar belief voice an issue voice a potential solution and see a problem differently than other people have seen it before and that's what's going on right now there's a social revolution happening there's an awakening happening it's happening through social media ironically which is very weird because I used to shit all over social media constantly <laughs> like constantly. I still do once in a while but the reality is is this is where it's stemming this is where the next voter comes from you know the young people the the true progressives you know kids are kids aren't born hateful they learn it over time and i think that with enough information and enough love and empathy and understanding and patience um and every generation trying to do a little bit better at a certain point those things wash away you know we live in an era where the world is small you know, I have friends in Australia and Asia and Europe and all over North and South America. And, you know, I have friends all over. I have people that I talk to all over on a daily basis because the world is small now because of the Internet. Communication is very, very easy. Why do we still create, you know, borders and boundaries and issues around things that don't need to be issues? Why do we still create all of these hardships that we're facing? Because certain people view it as a mathematical equation. If I admit that I've had it easier and somebody else has had it harder, they're going to take away what I have and give it to that person. There's going to be inequality the other way. And it's like, that's not how equality works. That's not how privilege works, man. You know, so these people are scared that if they acknowledge that they've been a part of the problem, even unintentionally, that all of a sudden the scales are going to tip, which is nonsensical. It's nonsensical. It's ignorant. So here's what I leave you with. If you're so scared of becoming a minority in a country, becoming less than equal in a country, is it maybe because people that are minorities in this country aren't treated so well? And if that's the reason... And how we just treat people better? How we fight to support one another, empathize with one another, love one another? You know, because at the end of the day, I say this on my TikTok all the time. You know, for me, there's two people in the world. Only two. There's a million variations of the two, but two nonetheless. There are good people who are trying to be good people. Trying to be kind and inclusive and loving trying to better themselves every day and grow and learn and educate, trying to be compassionate and caring, trying to build social equity. And then there's a bunch of cunts. And that's all they are. Exclusive. I'm better than other people cunts. Well, if you're in that group, go fuck yourself. You're probably not here anyways. You don't want to listen to me talk for 30 minutes. You probably find me disgusting. But I tell you, if you're in that first group, no matter where you are in your development, whether it's far along or just learning about progress now, um, if that's your mission in life to be better 
and to be better to the people around you and show love and educate and be inclusive. I love you. You're powerful. You're changing the world in your own small little way. And, um, you know, I just continue that level of growth. You know, this one's only been about 30 minutes. Um, and I know it's been a little bit of a lower tone. Uh, I promise you they will be more energetic going forward. This one was kind of serious because it was a serious subject matter that we had to talk about, right? So um, if you guys have comments or anything, you can leave them. You can also, you know, catch me on TikTok, which is at Westy Nolan. So W-E-S-T-Y, just like the podcast, Nolan, N-O-L-A-N, like my last name. I'm on Instagram as well. Um you know, there's some stuff on my link tree on uh, TikTok that you can get. We, we make merchandise. We make, uh, we have a couple of small businesses that, that I operate. Um, follow me on TikTok if you're getting this through another source. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you need anything, always reach out because my, my inbox gets kind of crazy sometimes. Um, but, you know, I'm always here for support. But, you know, so like I said, if you, if you like the merch, if you want to hear more of my content, I'm going to try to put out one of these weekly. Uh, if not, I do TikTok live essentially every morning between 9 and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until, let's call it 11 or noon. It's never a fixed time. It's kind of how the conversation goes. But if you like my content, please like, comment, and uh, most importantly, share it. Um, because, you know, this is, I love doing it. I love doing this. I found a home in doing this. I want to make this my thing. So if you like my content, please uh, try to pass it on because it, cause it is very meaningful to me uh, and I appreciate the support genuinely. So I hope everybody has an amazing day. I love you guys. And uh, I don't know, give somebody a hug. You know, just wear a fucking mask while you're doing it. <laughs>